Dunkin' Cold K cup pods were specially crafted for cold coffee. (laughs) God, I love saying that. Brew over ice straight out of the Keurig coffee maker. Just brew over ice and sip in seconds. Bold, smooth Dunkin'. Taste you know and love. Find Dunkin' cold coffee in the roasted coffee aisle. Apartments.com, the nation's most comprehensive online rental marketplace, is the perfect place to find your place. And they have the right tools to help you along the way. You know what? I love a 3D virtual tour. I'm not even looking for an apartment, but I go on 3D virtual tours. Okay, that's not weird. Yeah, just to hope I see people. Um, No, I'm not kidding. I'm kidding. But I (laughs) I like to see how people live. You can you can check out their special amenities. They got air conditioning. They got the uh, in-unit washer-dryer. Apartments.com has over 1 million available units for rent and the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Sona, you have a dog. Yeah. You could go rent an apartment right now. I should. Yeah. Get I... away from your family and your kids. <laughs> okay. Uh, what are you waiting for? Go to Apartments.com now to find your perfect place. <laughs> My name is Jake Gyllenhaal. And I feel so many things. <laughs> oh my God. About being Conan O'Brien's friend. <laughs> so many people say either a gratuitous, I feel great, but they're not even looking at me when they say it. But in this case, I was staring into your soul, wasn't I? You saw into my soul and I saw horror <laughs> in your eyes. Fall is here. Hey there, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. This is a very exciting day for us because, as you all know, my trusty assistant Sona Movsesian has been on maternity leave. She uh, gave birth to twin boys a couple of months ago, and uh, she is back with us today. Uh, So Matt Gorley, join me in welcoming Sona Movsesian back to the podcast. Sona, how are you? Hi, 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 hi. We did it. Welcome back. You did it. Uh, First of all, I have to say, um, you... Drop by the other day. You didn't record, but you dropped by with uh, your your husband Tack. Yeah, and you look fantastic. And yes. everybody was remarking on how amazing it is. You gave birth to twins, and you just yeah. uh, look uh, absolutely stunning. And Thank very, you. and you also very happy. You seem like a very happy person. You must like these little critters. <laughs> I like them a lot. I love them a lot. I think they're really cool. I think that they they suck out everything that I've got to give. <laughs> Um, Jesus. They take everything from me. Well, so hold on a second. That's I'm saying that in it does it not come up in a loving way? I know. It's covering it, all the bases. I'm, yeah, I'm it really I'm getting is. everything from it. Yeah. Uh, I think that I can't gain weight because they take everything. I feel from that me. the same way about my representation. You know, uh yeah, yeah. it's the same. My agent, the same and, my agent and manager, it's the same thing. And they literally drink from my teats. Oh, <laughs> Oh, God, come uh, on. They do. And uh, sorry, I just uh, want to put that image out there. Why? Uh, but no, I, so wait a minute. You uh, you have these two boys. 
Yes. And you sent me pictures uh, all the time. And it's because I keep, my, my wife has said, I've never seen you this excited about any kids, including our own. And it's true. That's <laughs> I, nice. Every time you send me pictures, they're, uh, they're hilarious little fellows. Yes, they are. They, we dress them up like little men. Yes, it's funny. I love that. You dress them up. Uh, they look like uh, they're two, two little men that would sell you aluminum siding, you know, for your house. <laughs> And so I'm really just delighted. To, and it's Mikey and Charlie, right? Mikey and Charlie. Yeah, they're very sweet. They're they're two months now, and then uh, they're almost three months. And I that's you know, how it works. Really cool. And guess what? Then four is going to come after that. Oh, thanks. Okay. Zing. Any, yeah, you got me good. Pretty oh, good, huh? No wow, time real has good. Passed. No time yeah. has passed. We're so um, I'm sorry. I'm just not going to sit here while she says it's two months now, but then it's going to be three. I'm not going to let that go. Well, it could be the beginning of two months or it could be the end of two months. It's right close to the end of two months and it's almost three months. So Good to have you back, Sona. It's yeah. great to be back, Conan. <laughs> I'm, what a warm welcome this is. The magic is back. Yeah, this is so, a joy uh, Are you already. getting any sleep? No, none. No, right. Mikey does this thing that's really fun where he wakes up every hour and we don't know why. So we're just, oh, we're right like, there with him. Charles is just sleeping through it He's all? He's just sleeping like a, wow. like a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that term sleeping like a baby really doesn't work. Stupid. Whoever did that. Anyone who's had a kid knows that's what our kids were like. They were up every 40 minutes. And so I never understood the term sleeping like a baby. No. Because that would mean uh that would mean an awful, awful night's sleep. Now, this is important to bring up, Sona. This is craziness, but Matt Gorley, mm-hmm. this is his last day because he's leaving. Because he and his lovely wife, Amanda, are having a baby. Yes, I That's know. Right. This is the changing of the guard. I know this is insane. Just as soon as arrives, Matt leaves. Yeah. Uh, Matt, tell us your situation. You, This is going to happen in about 10 days, you think? Yeah, that's the the due date from when we're recording this. I think by the time you hear this, oh, this baby's out. And <gasps> right. Just out in the world getting it done. Right. <laughs> This baby's going to get a job immediately and get this country moving again. <laughs> yes, selling aluminum siding, uh, joining Sona's business. Be great if your baby was born and immediately got work with Sona's twins and they just were working really hard. Oh, we've already s- planned that my daughter's going to marry one, if not both of her one sons. One of them, yeah. Yeah. I want them to have little briefcases. That would be cute. Do they make little briefcases for boys? They should. They should. And guess and what? For girls. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Nice save, Conan. That was a good save. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting the progressive message out there that women can also have jobs. <laughs> man, man, am I on the cutting edge? Hey, and guess what? It occurred to me the other day that a woman can also have a job. <laughs> Good job, Grandpa. Wait. Nice save. So is it just going to be me and you? Uh, Well, I don't know. Adam, help me out here. I don't know what Matt does. So (laughs) yeah, help me out. I don't know either. He can probably just go on maternity leave, right? And then don't we just doesn't, we're done with the thing. He presses record before we start. And then when we're done, he presses the record button again. And then he presses a button and Mm. it plays for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. No. Mm -mm. Oh, well, educate me, Matt. Oh, yes. What is it, Adam? No, I, I that more or less is what I understood it to be. About no. 
<laughs> Adam knows what side his bread is buttered on. <laughs> Real smart, Adam. See, Adam's going to survive this business. No, Matt, honestly, um, I'm sure that it's going to be terrible without you. I, yes, I don't know what it, it is, is you do, but I'm told you're very good at it. Well, I don't know either. I think you're going to find how immediately replaceable I am and probably not even ask for me back. I think I think my my uh, secret is out and the jig is up. Uh-huh. Yeah. So who is replacing you? Is this someone I know? Yeah, Brett Morris, who's the former engineer at Earwolf, the the master of, of ceremonies there, as far as all things technical at Earwolf, who's now struck out on his own, will be replacing me for the month I'm gone. I hear he's the best. He's supposed to be the best. He is. To, he honestly he's a, no, he's a legend in the podcasting world. He is, yeah. I don't know how much he's going to be a present voice on the show, but behind the scenes, he's going to be doing all that I do, which is the editing and that sort of That's thing. That's what I was asking about. Sorry, I just wanted to jump in. I don't care about the technical stuff. <laughs> I, I don't really? Either. I thought you loved the technical aspect no, of I'm, podcasting. I'm so more on. like- I don't care either. You should hear this thing. It's a mess. <laughs> What's going to happen with the banter on this show? Because if it's just you and me, isn't that exhausting? I mean, don't pe- wouldn't people hate that? <laughs> yeah, no one's going to break it up. You guys are just going to fight each other into a dust cloud. Yeah, it's going to be well, a lot of like- you don't really break it up, Matt. From- you always come in on Sona's side. Yes. Always. Yeah. You well, always come in on Sona's side. You mean the side of right. Yeah. So, so all we have to do- his, hey, before you go on maternity leave, why don't you just paternity. record- Paternity. Paternity. Well, I'm yeah. not sure who's ever to be in this situation. Before parental. you go on your parental leave, yeah. um, why don't you just record, Sona's right. <laughs> okay. I disagree with Conan. Sona's the best. Conan sucks. And then we'll. I'll just have a little button and I'll just push that and people will think it's the same podcast as always. That's a great. I'll do a couple <laughs> wild lines of those right now that you can use. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Sona's absolutely right. Once again, I agree with Sona. Are you wearing a crocodile tooth hat? (laughs) Shut up, you weird clown. (laughs) Sona, I got your back. You go, girl. High five. Up high. Down slow. Give it up, my girlfriend. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was awful. What just happened there? Here, hold my tweed hunting cap. Hey. That was for you, Conan. Oh, I know it was for me. You'll need one of those. (laughs) Thanks I'll let you have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) I'd collect stamps if I didn't already have all of them. Um, yeah, see, oh, man. It, it'll be like you never left. Well, Sona, we love that you're back. We really do. It's true. I missed you guys uh, a lot and I'm really happy to be back. We missed you too. Who's taking care of the kids right now while you're talking to us? I don't know. No, I think- uh, <laughs> They can take care of each other. <laughs> no, no, my- I just duct taped them to the floor. Right. They'll be fine. They're fine. They're, they're over there. We, we, they're doing something. Yeah, I don't know. Who cares? Uh, no, my parents are here. As they always are. So they're here. Although they're not here tomorrow. So that's going to be a fun day. Oh, yeah. Well, anytime you need me to fill in, let can me you know too. in advance. Can you come in tomorrow? Yeah, I said, let me know in advance. Tomorrow. Make sure that I'm adequately paid for my time. Can you come tomorrow? Okay. Well, enough about these babies. I know that they, <laughs> they feed the population and they continue the human race, but I've got more important things to talk about. Big doings here at the podcast today. My guest is a talented actor. Who starred in such movies as Donnie Darko, Brokeback Mountain, Nightcrawler, and Spider-Man Far From Home. Now you can see him in the Netflix film, The Guilty. I really like this guy. I'm excited to talk to him today. Jake Gyllenhaal, welcome. I like that you're taking your jacket off too. You're disrobing in front of me. That's how 
I'm just, just I see what kind of, of friend you're going to like, be. No, no, leave your pants on. Leave your pants on for Christ's sake. Oh, you know, you're I, not, oh, you're not that kind of friend. Oh, okay, that's okay. All right. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. No, I wait a minute. Yes, I am. Uh so I I owe you an apology because um I'm well known in the business for being a professional. I'm always prompt. I am prompt to a fault. And um I had to go and get this COVID test today and I was to meet you here at three and I I think they they scheduled this COVID test somewhere uh, across the Mexican border. <laughs> but I got my COVID test, uh, positive. I've got Delta. Okay, um, <laughs> I just wanted you to know. Enjoyed. No, I, I know that already. It's okay. <laughs> I'm running a very high fever and <laughs> I'm coughing on you. Um, but no, and then I I, I, I realized- I good about being the last person to spend time with <laughs> Conor O'Brien. Conor O'Brien. <laughs> Conor O'Brien's last guest. And so I am <laughs> racing over here and I realize I'm going to be like five minutes late. And I swear to God, uh, people started doing the dumbest things like pulling right in front of me when there was a <laughs> yellow light that I was going to run and stopping. And I'm, I'm practically yelling out the window, out of the way! I've got a podcast with Jake Gyllenhaal. Out of the way. <laughs> I don't know why I would use that voice, but uh, so I was horrified uh, that I was late. And I, I apologize. And I come in and you were here conducting various business uh, on your phone. You I was very- deep into my phone. I was like, like headache deep into my phone. You I were was, like doing your taxes on your phone. I was like <laughs> doing my, ta- I was trying to multitask, which explodes my brain on my phone. <laughs> I had like seven apps open and I was shifting between all of them. And I was, I know I truthfully, I was, I am, I was so, I'm so happy to hang with you. Oh. And I'm not alone in that feeling. Well, that's nice. I know that. Cause I saw all those people who like wrote all this bullshit about you finishing your show and how like an honor, what an honor it was. I don't feel that way. Uh, (laughs) But I, but I, I I saw the piece you wrote that said, (laughs) I don't understand why people are saying nice things about (laughs) Brian. I almost posted it. And then I was like, I don't fucking care about this. The Wall Wall Street (laughs) Journal ran it uh, and it got a lot of likes. (laughs) I was just so happy to be here. And I just feel so like, I like you have to give people room to be late and safe. Okay. I, I, I feel that's important. Well, uh, as long as I, you were safe and didn't hurt anyone. Uh, I think I killed at least two people getting over here. Uh, but, you know, it's nice because I always get a instant reaction when they tell me who they've booked for the show. And when they said, oh, Jake Gyllenhaal is going to do it, I had an immediate association of you've always been very nice and you're a very funny guy. And seriously- I thought you were going to say a shiver ran up your spine. Yeah. Well, no, that's, again, probably the Delta. Uh, that's unrelated. Those are unrelated symptoms. But uh, you are very funny. I can tell you really like comedy and you've got an, a great dry wit. You've done a bunch of things on our show over the years. You participated in things and you were just delightfully fun about it. And I thought, Thank that's you. kind of unusual. I mean, uh, not every leading man has that ability. That's very cool. It's funny you say that because I, when I was waiting on my phone, <laughs> what I said was, I, I, there's nobody funny in my life. I have nobody funny. Everybody's so What are you serious. talking about? Is that true? Everyone's serious in your life? I mean, I have funny people, but like, yeah, I mean, like my, like my, like. Is your family funny? No. Like, not really. Wow. I mean, they okay. like humor. Yeah. I, I'm not like, but, but there's a difference between, I know people that enjoy humor, but then when you talk to them, they themselves are kind of humorless. Yes. I mean, 
I don't think they're humorless. I just don't think, I think there was like a focus on being super earnest because they're also smart. Yeah. And I just wasn't as smart. And so I had to do something to make up for it. And they'll just like try and make jokes, I guess. But I never, I know I, I means a lot saying that, but I just, I love banter. Yeah, I'm a but, banter but guy. But you, um, I remember there was some sort of thing happening online where people were hotly debating uh, Jake Hall's <laughs> actual height and you agreed like to just come out from behind the curtain and be measured and I don't you weren't a guest or anything <laughs> you just said and you came out and uh and it was so fun to say well let's get to the bottom of Jake Gyllenhaal and you just stepped out and you were measured kind of like a mannequin <laughs> you totally played it the right way and I remember that and a bunch of other things where you were just very uh willing to go with it and I'm thinking about what you just said which is growing up in a family where you're a little bit intimidated by how smart people are. I had that situation. My father's a very brilliant scientist, medical researcher. My mom was this very smart lawyer. And my older brother, Luke, is just one of the smart, still one of the smartest people I know in the world. And I remember just thinking, what is, what's going on here? And I didn't think that I was even in the same league as these people. And so I remembered thinking, yeah, I think I'm kind of funny. I'm going to lean on. <laughs> you're I'm you're talking lean about on people funny. who do actual jobs. Like my family still was like, my dad was a director. My mom was a writer. My sister was acting. You uh -huh. know? They're actually <laughs> smart. Your family. <laughs> that's, like, that's like real smart. You just you know? really slammed every director. And <laughs> he wasn't smart. He was a director. <laughs> those are people doing like real things, you know, like, like, I mean, not to say we don't do real things in the entertainment industry, but do we? But I, I think that there's something to... When you're particularly, I think, if you're a younger sibling. Yes. Which is inevitably, I mean, to this day with my sister. Really? I, I like, I can't not do her bidding. Like literally whatever she asks, I will go do. That's hilarious. And if I ask her anything, she's like, are you, are you kidding me? Right. Like, you know, it's just the nature so of- So she could say, I'm at the airport, come pick me up. I, w I mean, there'd be no choice. And you'd say, well, <laughs> there is an Uber- no, I'd say I'm doing a podcast with Conan O'Brien and she'd say, come to the airport and pick me yeah, up. Yeah. You should say you're clearly not doing anything important. Get over here. <laughs> yeah. Were you a, uh, a creative kid? Were you a kid that thought of yourself as very creative? I, mean, I know that you were interested in acting pretty early on. Yeah, I was. I was a pretty creative kid. I was always and continue to be a pretty abstract thinker. Sometimes maybe you'll be witness to it on the show because it's sort of longer form. I tend to like ramble and I tend to sort of move into abstraction kind of easily. And that's right. always been and was always my tendency. And right. I like it there, you know? Like right. I like looking at the world in a non-concrete way. Right, right. And have since I was a kid. I mean, like my dad was like an assistant to a lot of different uh, visual artists when he was in his teens and 20s and stuff. And so we did a lot of visual arts and playing with painting and sculpture and stuff like that. And, but I had a pretty, I also loved sports, you know, like right. really loved sports. I guess I wasn't that good at sports, but um, I could have been. You could have been. I could have been. I like to say that. I like to say I could have been good at sports. I could have been great. <laughs> and then I just leave out the part where I say, if I had any athletic ability, <laughs> <laughs> I could have been amazing. And people just think, huh? What are you talking about? You could have been. You have like, you could have been a swimmer. You could have been a basketball player very clearly. Well, the problem is because I'm 6'4", people were always saying to me, 
You're pretty, pretty good out there on the old basketball court. And I'd say, well, no, because you kind of have to care about basketball <laughs> to be good at it. Uh, and, I mean, um, yeah. you know, my, my father explained to me once, I think the issue with, and he's talking about my brothers and I and himself too. He said, I think our issue is that to, to really excel in sports that involve a ball, one must really care about where the ball is <laughs> at any given time. He is brilliant. Yeah, and, and he said, and, he, and, and actually this is true, he said, you really have to very much care where the ball is. And he said, I think our people don't really care where the ball is. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, he's right. You know, Michael Jordan will dive through a plate glass window to get the ball and save it from going out and he'll make the shot. I would think, huh, that ball's kind of out of my way. So <laughs> You know what? No, I won't be I won't it. be venturing over there. No, but come to think of it actually, now that you put it that way, I think that analogy is perfect. Because I do think there are moments where I have these feelings of what are they all doing? You know? Like what are we like we all make these commitments to something and we spend our lives doing it. Yep. And there's these moments, and I'm sure that you've had them. Like, what are you doing, right? Like, we're all chasing after a ball to get it into a thing. You know, we're, yeah. like, I'm putting on, like, some clothes I would never wear and playing a different part. Like, what am I doing? You right. Know? Speaking uh, of abstraction. Well, I mean. By the way, what are we doing? Yeah, this, oh, you'll see. This is very important. We'll get to, because I want to talk about this film you made, which was absolutely riveting, called The Guilty. But- when you were saying that, I was thinking there is a scene, and I'm not giving anything away, where your character's really going through this intense thing and you've sort of almost semi-collapsed in a stall, a bathroom stall, and you're just lying there on the floor and having this intense moment. And what people forget, which I, what, what I've experienced just in comedy, is you'll have a moment where they're setting up that shot and you're having your intense moment and they'll say, okay – just chill, Jake. We'll be right back with you. We're going to reset the cameras. And you're lying there dressed as a policeman in a bathroom stall. <laughs> and you have one of those moments of, this is my job. Mm. This is what I do. Mm. And I've had those moments about 100,000 times where I'm in a hot tub on the back of a truck with Mr. T, <laughs> you know, and we're driving down the highway and we're shooting a bit and in the reality of my own world, that makes perfect sense. But I keep stepping outside my body and going, how did I get into a hot tub with Mr. T on, on the back of a truck rolling down the highway? Yeah, but like, I think in your profession, particularly the job that you were doing is that, and even now it's like, you're in the same place and then they're just bringing, they're shuffling different people in. Like it's, yeah, yeah. it's so, I think about that sometimes when I'm walking it, you know, I like, Though most of the time I'm pretty much just thinking about myself and, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, but but I just, I just want to it clarify says, that, you know. I looked you up online and it says very self-centered. <laughs> yeah. So just so you know, I don't want to like, I'm veering from my normal sort right, of mode. Right. But I often think like, man, how does he, I mean, I, look, I love theater. I do theater. I've done 200, 250 shows of a, the same thing, same lines. And there are these moments where you're just out there and it's out of body moments where you're just kind of going like, obviously you have all these thoughts of what am I going to have for dinner, this, that, that. You can do it with your hands tied behind your back. But when you change the characters nightly, that would just trip me out. Well, the only thing that was strange for me is that I'm not playing anybody. I'm myself. So if people don't like what they see, there was no way I could say, don't blame me. 
That was the writer of Conan O'Brien <laughs> who <laughs> yeah. fucked up. Yeah. When I read reviews, they were like, when people didn't like me, they really didn't like me. And they didn't like the essence of my sense of humor. And so it was hard. I swear to God, I'm not an actor and have no qualifications in that world. But if I were an actor and things weren't going well and I was up on stage, I'd probably say to the crowd, Go for hey, yourself. hey, I, no, I'd say, <laughs> hey, I get it. You know, it's not me, it's the writer. <laughs> <laughs> and I could be doing Shakespeare, you know? That's spoken like a writer, by the way. That's absolutely spoken by a writer because, you know, particularly when you you, be, you believe somewhere that they are your words. Yeah, you exactly. Know? So that's like, that's the narcissism sort of. Right, right. I, think I, that's the- I am convinced I would say that if I was playing Hamlet in London's West End, (laughs) I would probably go like, yeah, I know. You try making something with this crap. (laughs) You know, I wanted to say, because you started, you started this out like in such a, such a kind way. Um, I think that of so many people, and you know, I've had the honor of being able to work and then come to your show for years, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep. How is that possible? I mean, I mean to cut you off, because yeah. I, but I think there's part of me that, that can't take a compliment, so I, I cut you off. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking, how could, because I have known you for years, and you're still so fucking young. <laughs> what that's, are you talking about? That's crazy, you know? Well, I mean, it started when I was 11. <laughs> yeah, I think you were 11. Yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> okay, it makes sense now. All right. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. I think no, you were going to yeah. say something nice. And- I was going to, but don't worry. I'd undercut it with something terrible. But I, I, I was always oddly comforted being on stage with you. Oh. Right? Good. Like I, because for so many years, mm-hmm. you were kind. Oh, well, you know, it's, Interesting. Um, How are you trying to avoid that? <laughs> you're watching. It's so great. You're watching it. So uncomfortable. Like, do you know what's uh, interesting? interesting? Yeah, he <laughs> might just get up and walk out. Be careful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's gone. Conan's gone. Um, well, I'll put it this way. Like, no that- matter how much I disliked you, which I like de- generally do all the time, <laughs> oh, you were always good. kind. You, know you got him mean? back. You got him okay, back. That's so yeah. much better. Okay, that's better. That's okay. so much better. No matter how careful, much you he might get closer. And- <laughs> You hid your disdain so well, and you were able to channel. No, like, don't get me wrong. I hate you, but you were always kind. Like I just want to oh, make myself that. clear. You know. Oh, no. Now I'm really I loving just... this. Now I'm. I've never felt better. You've actually hit the sweet spot like, with me. I have. I dreaded coming on the show because of just just how terrible you are. But you tried to kill me four times, and then twice you tried to have me killed. You've killed hundreds of people on your way to see me, and still. <laughs> You're always kind, which is the thing about you that I think is just lovely. Yeah, I have to say it it is a sweet deal that when people would come do the show, there was this machine that would bring, and it's actually still happening with the podcast, bring people to the show. It's called the car. Yeah, I know. It's called the car. It's called the town car and not a very good town car. We had one and it was from the 70s. I'm sorry. But, But there was this mechanism that brought these people to the show and it's my home court advantage and there's an audience there and a crowd. And so I used to get very confused because, you know, these beautiful women would come on the show, like the most beautiful women in the world. And the band would play and they'd come out and they'd lock eyes with me and and they'd be so excited to see me. And I'd, I'd get, be getting all the signals that 
in another world meant (laughs) (laughs) this woman's in love with me. And then, of course, the minute the show was over, they were like, well, that was a lot of fun. I'll see you the next time I'm promoting something. And um, (laughs) and I I realized realized that, oh, I see what's happening here. It's the mechanism. It's the mechanism. And I loved being uh, in that mechanism because what's wrong with having these really smart, funny, talented people just come – they're they're fired out of a cannon at me and we get to have a lot of fun so yeah but like you're still kind right. sorry but um <laughs> yeah you know there's so many times where because I started young the first show I ever did was letterman right i did a oh. movie called october sky okay it was written by a guy named homer hickam he worked at NASA and he did all stuff, but he also taught scuba diving and apparently taught David Letterman how to scuba dive. Oh. And so when his movie came out, Letterman said, I'll have the kid on the show from the, your movie because I was in that movie about yeah, him. Yeah, And that was the first thing I ever did. That's cool. It was so cool, but it was also so intimidating. I would think so. So I think everything pales, obviously, you particularly, in comparison yeah. to- No, but like, <laughs> no, but like I, I, there, 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 it was just, I think for me, Dave was always kind. He was always really funny. We always actually had a really good time. But I think every time I felt more like we were of a similar generation, even yeah. though you're- Super fucking old, um, but I, <laughs> I have like, the uh, yeah I have the essence of a young man. I don't um, know about that, but you but you definitely <laughs> okay. Let me try this. <laughs> I have the forearms of a younger man. Oh. I, I don't know a about sick, a sickly younger <laughs> okay, that's man. Right, okay. I, that I agree with. I agree uh, with that. You know, it's funny. Ever you mentioned? I just want you. To, <laughs> you mentioned that Dave learned scuba diving, and all I can think of is a really grumpy Dave sitting at the bottom <laughs> of the ocean. <laughs> Being, being kind of unhappy. Oh my God. And like fish, fish avoiding him. And I, trust me, I revere and love the man. I'm, but I just love the idea of fish being like, hey, let's give him a wide berth. And he's just sitting there. Swatting them away. Yeah, he's got a cigar coming out of his, out of his mask. Blub, 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 blub. Octopus like, I'm just going to give him a wide berth. <laughs> it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it. Just take it down. I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loud speaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds, according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. 
You know, our podcast, we've been doing it for five years now, and it's changed over the years. Yeah, yeah, it has. I've gotten better looking, I think, stronger. Oh. Um... You no. seem less mentally sharp. I oh these I things just happen. Was you know, thinking other things. Well, whatever. With like time. the studio, we got a new studio. Oh, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we got a new studio. But uh, you know what? One thing hasn't changed, and that's the great taste of Miller Lite. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this on the drive in this morning. So much has changed, but not the great taste of Miller Lite. You were I, thinking about Miller Lite this morning. I on shouted the way in? it out the window at the car next to me, and the guy gave me a thumbs up and said, "I agree." <laughs> <laughs> it was the original light beer, and to this day, it's still the best one, if you ask me. Yeah. I like to have a good time. You know that. I'm good. Uh, you love to party. My name is Conan Goodtime O'Brien, yeah. and I get together with my gang, my squad, and we crack open some Miller Lights, and all is good in the hood. <laughs> Undebatable quality, great taste, and guess what? Mm. I ran the numbers myself. Yeah. Only 96 calories. Wow. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It's a light beer that tastes, guess what? Ding dong, open the door, like a beer. <laughs> the original light beer since 1975. Red Sox won the pennant. Anyway, times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time to get Miller Lite delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash Conan, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Hey, you sell beer? Yes, we do. Bet you have Miller Lite? Yes, we do. <laughs> hey, Muppet, why are you working here? I'm not sure. Celebrate responsibly. <laughs> Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, what's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you, what would you do? Would you read a book, Sona, take a nap? What would you do? I'd probably watch TV. Yeah. Well, a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. Uh, the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Well, guess what? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Mm. I think I'm a big believer in uh, therapy and just talking in general, mm -hmm. um, getting uh, whatever negative feelings you have inside of you out. If you're thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So all you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and then you get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Conan. You know what I was thinking about this movie that I'm here to talk to you about mm -hmm. for some reason was it's a hugely stressful movie in a lot of ways. It's very it like, stressful. Yeah, It's like a, it's a detective story. It's a thriller. It's all that stuff. And I tend towards things like that. But I think the reason why I also like comedy is because it's not dissimilar to that. How so? I just find that there's a real darkness in so many of the comedians I love. Oh yeah. And yeah. like, I share that space right. somewhere else, you know? Right, right. So, um, and I like to meet you there every once in a while. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. You were talking about the film that uh, that I had just referenced, The Guilty. And so what happens is it's, you know, it's not out yet, but they made it available to me on Netflix. And the way I have to get it on Netflix, 
when they make it available to me in a special screening is so hilarious because it basically involves me dismantling my television. You're not, you're not. <laughs> this isn't you. No, no, no. It's no, not no. you, but it's just the studios are like, no one must see this before it comes out. And so it used to be in the old days, you'd get a, you'd get a disc and you'd plop it in your, <laughs> you, you know, in the slot and you'd watch the movie. And now it's, uh, it's, no, it's available. Conan can watch it on Netflix if he does the following 75 things. And so you're basically- Can you sign in and sign back out? Did you have to do that? Yes. And yes. the thing is, so I am very tech phobic. So I had my assistant, David, and David, feel free to chime in, but I called him up and I said to him, David, talk to me like there's a monkey in an airplane and you have to get the monkey to land the airplane and you're at the control tower. So you were saying, okay, what, what are you on Netflix? And he went, no, no, no. How do I do that? And you're like, what do you mean? <laughs> Did no. you like look down at your feet? Was he like, are you on Netflix? Yeah. I was like. <laughs> the drug. Uh, yeah. I, I'm on seven CCs of Netflix. And then you got me to sign out of mine. And then I had to go and sign into someone else's, right? And and then we got through all these different, you know, machinations and we go through all this, this maze. And then finally, and I know anyone else doing it would have no problem. But when I finally saw your face pop up on the screen, <laughs> I felt like I had cured cancer. I was so <laughs> jubilant. I was like, yes, I see Jake Gyllenhaal. This must be his movie. We did it. Uh, you know, my dad and I, I showed my dad the movie in the mm -hmm. same way I asked, mm -hmm. could they send it to my Netflix account? And I was with my dad and he and I got into it in such a profound, he was, I was like, okay, hey, look, dad, I said, I sent it to your Netflix account. Let's just sign off, sign back in. And he, it was like, we just went back to me being a teenager. It was crazy. No, 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 but I am, <laughs> I am so sympathetic. What am I supposed to do? I, how am I supposed to do this? I, I just scroll back. Oh, now I have to delete the whole thing. I, I typed all the words in and now it's like, dad, it's fine. You can just actually go back and delete. He's like, no, I can't do that. I can't now. Yeah. I, it was like, it was so. I so relate to your dad and whatever kind things you said about me earlier would be immediately erased if you had to talk to me for five seconds about how to log into a Netflix account, you would lose it on on me. I, this is a true story. I have two kids. Uh, I have oh God, seven, no. Yes, I do. Come on. <laughs> he procreated. There's more of them. Uh, 17 year old uh, daughter and I have a 15 year old son and he has utter contempt for me because he, he's very smart uh, about tech. And so they love to tell the story. And this happened about seven months ago. I was trying to log into something on my phone. I had tried several times I had hit a couple of snags. They finally told me what the right password was. I put that in, but I think I put it in incorrectly and it said no. And I was like, that does it. And I threw my phone across the room and it hit the wall and I stormed out of the room and they, I don't lose it like that. I said, that does it. And I threw it and then I stormed out of the room. The problem is then you got to walk back in the room. So I'm out in the hallway like, oh, that was bad. That was really bad. And they're all laughing, but holding it in. And then quietly, I just walked back in and picked up my phone, <laughs> put it in my pocket and then left again. And they they tell that story all the time of the, the idiot who can't. But the point is I did it. And how you watched it. And and, and I, I watched the film and I had this this thought, which is I don't know anything about 
the the story of how the film was conceived or created, but it very much feels like a theatrical piece mm. because, and I don't want to give away too much, but you are a cop who we don't know much about what's happened. You're in some kind of trouble or an investigation and they've sort of parked you on the 911 mm. line and your character is incredibly intense and tightly wound and there's clearly a lot going on. And you get a call that leads you to really be concerned about some people and their safety, and you're trying to put the whole thing together. And uh, I was pacing in front of the TV, sort of in it completely, and then occasionally my wife would walk by, and she'd start to go, so are you watching? I'd be like, you're just quiet! You're going to get to be quiet! Jake Gyllenhaal's trying to figure this out! And I'm... But there's something about the movie, it's so intense and the camera's right on you and you're in an enclosed space. I mean, again, I don't want to give anything away, but you are, it very much felt to me like this could be done in the theater. Mm -hmm. So we shot the movie in October, 2020 in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So it was at the, really one of the heights, obviously, of the pandemic. Right. And it was right at the time when, you know, Los Angeles was threatening to shut down every day. And we had decided that we could shoot the movie in 11 days. At first, we thought, oh, we could shoot the movie in five days. Let's just literally not sleep and just shoot this movie. And it was really because it was contained, because it all takes place pretty much in one room, and it didn't require a whole lot of extras, it was the perfect movie to do at that time, the safest movie in the most unsafe time to try and accomplish. And so we set off on 11 day, this 11-day sort of adventure of – shooting 20 pages a day like a like a theater piece you know we right. would, we would we, we split it up into five acts 20 pages a day 20 minute long takes we set up the actors were on the the people who called in were on a zoom mm-hmm. and they would call they would be queued and they would call in and then I would answer the call and we'd we'd rehearse it we choreographed it in the beginning of the day and then we would play it like a like a play and it does feel like that and at the same time I think it does something cinematically that I haven't seen because everything I see in cinema is like people just throw everything in the kitchen sink into the frame nowadays. Right, right, right. So all of the the things I think we're used to in terms of tension is just taking things away to create tension. Right. Is what this does. Um, you have to hear things. You have to listen. You have to really pay attention to things going on in the background of the calls to understand what's happening. And you're gathering clues as an audience member. Like he's gathering clues. Right. Your character's getting information over the line and you're figuring out, you're making assumptions, you're trying to get things to happen. It's very frustrating too because your character knows this is a life and death situation and no one else shares your intensity, (laughs) you know, because you're working with people. They're like, yeah, we're working the 911, you know, yeah, what is it? What do you, and you're like, no, 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 this is what has to happen to save these people. And they're like, just chill, just chill. You're running into some bureaucracy and red tape. and Yeah. Well, I mean, he also is someone who's used to being in action mm-hmm. and that he can't be. And most of the people who are working jobs as 911 dispatchers, which is an incredible job when you think right. about it, something I didn't know was that they never really know. They don't usually get to know what happens at the end of their call. They get someone in distress or something's happening in real life, and then it gets passed off. They don't know if the person they've been talking to for 30 seconds to 30 minutes survives or right. if it sort of walk go home after a shift with that stress that's crazy i never thought about that because the only times they do find out is if it's a very famous case right. and then later on you know you we we all watch the true crime documentaries and we see the shows where they play the dispatcher's call 
or the dispatcher knows what happened because it's one of the most famous cases, you know, in the country. But other than that, you could you can get emotionally invested in somebody, really emotionally invested, who's maybe overdosed. You're trying to keep them going until mm-hmm. the, you know, and then uh, you got another call. You know, the, the yeah. ambulance is there. You got another call. And by the way, your burrito's ready. It just showed up. Totally. And I mean, you think about having to do that over years. I mean, one of the things that this m- movie, I loved about it and that I loved about making it was it was a sort of took on the idea of mental health because the characters, you know, are all dealing with their own sort of forms of that. And yep. what it does is break down the system and how hard it is for people in those situations to get help. So I, I, I like that as an undercurrent of the story. I thought that was important and interesting because they are dealing with that every day. Now, here, this leads me to a question because I profoundly don't understand when you do a, a role like this, and I can see how this would take a toll on you because you have to get into, there's no way you can play this role and then just and cut hmm. and you walk away. I know the only way I can relate to it at all is when we would do shows, uh, late night shows, and we'd go to another city and there's a big crowd. I would take on the energy of the crowd and the music and the crowd. And then everyone else would say, okay, the show's done. Let's all go back to our hotels and go to sleep because we have another one tomorrow. And I'd say, what the fuck are you talking about? (sighs) Totally. I need to go out and fight people in the street (laughs) (laughs) and lose quickly. But, but, um, with my childish forearms, with my childish sickly forearms, (laughs) but that's the one uh, clue I have that if you're this role you're playing of this detective Joe Baylor in, uh, in the guilty, you dip into that for a couple of days and then. What do you do? Does that follow you around for a little bit? Or is that something that you are you learn as an actor to shed that? I think it's a bit of both. I mean, it's you're dealing in your own feelings and then you're dealing in sort of some, not really controlling them. I don't think that's really the right word. But you're, deal, you're, you're putting them into this space that is, you know, pretend. But you, you also have to set up boundaries. And over years, I think you do. You, you have technique. It's why you have yeah. technique, right? Um, and I think it can be confusing at times when you, when things are going on in your life, that mirror thing, you know, like it can all, it depends project to project. This one felt like a sort of exorcism. Uh, you know, everybody was in this space where there was so much stress, where they were trapped in their homes. There mm-hmm. was, you know, there, no one was outside. It was like this, there were all these feelings part of the reason I love doing my work is that it's like offers this really safe space to express feelings that would otherwise be considered disturbing. (laughs) If if you were to put like, if you were to throw your phone against the wall, if you couldn't make shit work out, you you do that in a scene, people go like, Oh, amazing. Conan was amazing in that. Yeah. Um, so (laughs) so as as opposed to Conan, Conan's just an idiot and an asshole. Well, (laughs) the quick temper, but but like in truth, but like in truth, I think in truth, there is something about allowing yourself, you know, people talk a lot about acting being pretend. And I do think it's pretend and you have to have a great imagination and all that stuff plays into it. But I also think it's a really great safe space for you to put feelings that like wouldn't otherwise be allowed to be expressed. It's why I think it's so important for kids to have an opportunity to express themselves artistically, whatever it is. Sure. And I mean, that's where you save your mental health, you know, expression is where that happens. But in terms of doing it for a long time and doing something like this, yeah, I mean, it's not easy in a way dealing with the emotions of all these people. There are wonderful actors in it, particularly like Riley Keough, who's incredible. In you know, movie. what's amazing is I don't know, 
I didn't see credits at the end. Whatever they send me had no credits. Oh, so wow. I don't know. I heard these voices and the and the the voices of the people coming through the line are really terrific mm. and expressive. And I was wondering who are those people because they're really good, but I had no I didn't know who they were. I mean, it's it's Paul Dano, oh, Ethan wow. Hawke, Peter Sarsgaard, Riley Keough. Jesus Christ. I know. It's like, uh, <laughs> Edward G. Robinson. <laughs> yeah, by the way. <laughs> hey, you Lawrence much. Olivier from the dead. Um, no, I like, it was, right, it's right. really, it's like, a, we because of the time, because we shot in a short period of time, because we had, right. it was, in a, the, everyone was at home. Right. So we had like Paul Dano calling from Australia. I called him up and I said, Paul, will you do a scene with me in this thing? You just have to call in and you work for a few hours and you, you do me a favor. Right. I knew yes. it was him because he he called up and said, "Hey, this is Paul Dano. I've got a problem." And then <laughs> I, so you forgot you forgot to cut it out. <laughs> That'd be so great. And it was like, "This is Ethan Hawke. I have a problem." <laughs> <laughs> I wish it would have totally ruined the movie and taken away all of its uh, dramatic power. But I still think you guys should Just go back and reshoot it. Under each one, of them. <laughs> <laughs> this one's Ethan Hawke. Yeah, David yeah. Letterman calls in underwater <laughs> in a scuba suit. There is a great scene with Bill Burr calling up. Bill Bill has like a scene for he has like a minute long scene where he calls up. It's my favorite scene. In the which whole one? Movie. Oh, which one is he? But he's like, it's a barracuda. Oh yes, yes, that's, yes, yes. That's... It was so. But Bill's always yelling. <laughs> <laughs> he's in like a crowded bar. He's like, it's a. It's, I'm at the barracuda. That's, uh, that's 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 how he tells yes. his kids to go to sleep at night. <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> Sweet dreams. <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, the answer to your question, the yeah. first thing is, I think yes, that stuff does affect you, and it and it can. But I also think that. If you look at it as therapeutic, it can be really helpful. Right. And I think that there are different ways of looking at it. And I remember years ago, Joanne Woodward saying, you can't go swimming out into the middle of the ocean without a boat or a life jacket and expect to be able to come back safely or right. alive. Right. If you're going to go out and you're going to go adventure and try and create some character and go on the space and, you know, the whole Daniel Lee Lewis always talks about like making a hull or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't have that, really, truly, if you don't have that safety and security of technique and craft to be able to say, I'm going to take, I have a boat, I have a life jacket. I'm going to go out there. I know I'm safe. I'm going to take some risks and then I'll know how to get home. Right. Like I think that is what technique and craft bring to you as an actor. And I think it's really important. And I do think it's something that has been lost more and more because people are just like talking about acting as a, as this sort of expression that's so dangerous that will take you to places that are so deeply fucked up and they're going to like undo you. Yeah. When really I think the meaning of it is really joyful and positive and it allows you to let those things out and it's safe. Yes. Cause we're, cause when I say I have a lot of feelings about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Right. <laughs> I think that's okay. <laughs> it's not, it's not okay. My analogy or even just my example in comedy, one of my favorite things to do was when I was called upon to have a fake fight. And when I was a kid, my favorite thing to do was do fake fights. And we have old home footage uh, from the 1920s of me and my brothers fake fighting, <laughs> trying to do realistic punches and us f going flying and jumping on top of each other. And, and as an adult, getting to have a fake fight, whenever I would do anything that involved a stunt, 
or something on the show where I'm attacked by, I mean, we did countless bits where I'm like attacked by ninjas and I fight them off and, and I'm thrown through a fake glass window. That was my favorite thing to do. And I think it was because it was letting me be this completely other person. And it's something children do. We mm -hmm. just love to let it all hang out. And I loved fighting ninjas and being <laughs> very silly as a, a middle-aged man who shouldn't be doing that probably, but, but I loved it. why not? I mean, that's the thing is, is like, I don't know why we get to a place in our life where someone tells us we can't have that kind of fun. You can have that kind of fun in, right. in that space and you can do it and you should do that kind of stuff all the time. I mean, I think that's the playful nature of it. Yeah, yeah. And like, it should be so playful. Right. So, I mean, look, I'm come speaking for myself, like I've taken myself very seriously, mm -hmm. you know? But in the end, the reason why I love acting is because it's so fucking playful. Right. It's just so playful. Right. And like, if you really get into it, <laughs> where you're pacing your living room going like, oh God, what's going to happen? You yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fun for me. I was in this screening watching this movie and I screened it for a couple of friends. And my friend in the middle of it, just like right three quarter mark, was mm -hmm. like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What's happening? This is so <laughs> fucked up. What's happening? And I was like, you know, I was like, that was, I was like, loved it. I, you know, I was like, maybe you call that fucked up, but I loved it. I was like, that's fun for me not to like, <laughs> but it was, it yeah. was great. It was like, that's why we do it. And, 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 and again, as a safe space, sure. Movies have real effects on people. Real effects, like I, I've been in movies that I would never say this out loud ever, but like have ch people have said have changed their life. Like I did Brokeback Mountain. It's like people come to me all the time and say that movie made me make a choice. Uh, maybe tell my parents I was gay, whatever. You know, they have power, real power. That film in particular, I, I just know for a fact changed many people's lives and mm -hmm. empowered them. And that has to feel like, what a, what a gift. What a gift for you. What a gift for them. What a gift for everyone involved that a movie could have that effect. I mean, I take no credit in that, except it's Annie Poole's idea who wrote the original short story. And I think it was an idea that like needed to be expressed and needed to be told. And then right. I was just a part of it. It's an honor to be a part of it. Sure. But I can only be the sort of conduit of what people see me as in that character. It's not me, you know, mm -hmm. but it is a piece of this idea that I think is beautiful. I'm so proud of being a part of. And yes, I think it did make some kind of difference. I went through a long period of time in my life where I was like, Eh, it's just movies, like who cares, whatever, you know, it should just be fun. What, you know, I think there is a real power to it yeah. and as there, there is a responsibility to it. And I don't want to make any excuses about that anymore. And that yeah. movie definitely made me feel that way. Yeah. One thing I can relate to you on is I love being silly and I love trying to make people laugh and make things light, but I take it very seriously. Totally. And I think there's a lot of work that goes into it. And I think those things need to coexist. Yes. Meaning you're very gifted actor who can bring real intensity to a role, but you also have the duality of, I like to have fun and playing make-believe is a fun way to make a living and, and keep both things together at the same time. I think it's really important. Yeah. Because I think you do it for long enough and you're lucky to do it for long enough you definitely have to be able to change your perspective on it. I've right. been through periods of time in my life where I'm like, it's so everything, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, is it? I yeah. mean, and particularly this period of time in the world has made me go, wow, I've really, I've left so many things in my life. Just I've taken so many things for granted. Mm -hmm. I'm not alone in this feeling, I think, I hope. But like I, I so many things in the pursuit of my job. Yeah. And I've just gotten back to 
this has got to be fun. Yes. You, you need your imagination. Like you, you, you cannot make it real. And maybe that answers some of your question is that if you'd make it too real, it's no fun anymore. Right. And there's not, a, in my opinion, not a point in doing it. Right. If there isn't somewhere in it, even when you're like in a really intense scene, like you said, on the floor, you know, in the bathroom, to me, I have this like, I had this crazy amount of gratitude while I was there. Right. And it's hard to tell you where the feelings come from. Mm-hmm. I, they don't coincide in that scene to the actual scene itself. Right. I can't necessarily say, because my character is going through this thing, I'm feeling the same thing. I just had all these feelings. Right. And I just like let them out. And that was fun. Yeah. I, at the end of the day, it felt like shit. And I definitely like drank half a bottle of wine at the end of the day. At oh, that helps. Home. But trust me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, what, <laughs> but, that's what I used to do uh, after those big shows is I was like, you know what helps? Yeah. Some yeah. wine helps. Yeah. It really does. And, 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 and like up to a point, you know? <laughs> I haven't found that. No, I, I have. <laughs> definitely. When you say half a bottle, that's probably just about right. Yeah. Uh, especially if you've got work to do the next day. But I, I had the feeling, and you made me think about this, which is- the news has been so grim last, you know, year and a half, two years, and 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 probably longer. But it just feels like things get more and more grim. Hmm. And I keep having the thought of, what am I doing in show business? Shouldn't we run for public office? Oh God, no, <laughs> not that. But I, you know, should, can I be of help in some way, like real practical help? As like you said, as seriously as we take ourselves, right. Other people do, definitely do not take us that seriously. Oh, God, no. So, and that's very important to <laughs> yeah. be reminded of. All right, all right. And so it's very important that we do the dumb shit so that they can have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And so, I was just thinking if no one's going to want to live in a house that I built. <laughs> hey, yeah, I by built, the way. I built a really funny yeah. house. Oh, oh yeah? Brian built this house. <laughs> I've never had a house before, but I don't want this fucking house. You're like, and uh, then you throw your phone at it and it all topples yeah, down. Come, comes uh, down, yeah. Electrical system, courtesy of Conan <laughs> O'Brien. <laughs> well, listen, I want to make sure I get the word out because The Guilty is really terrific and riveting. And uh, you will have an easier time watching it on Netflix than I did. Well, when it comes out. When it comes out. You'll just press a button. Yeah, yeah. you'll press a button. You will not need to do what I did. And even if you did need to do what I did, You'll figure it out in about six seconds. And you will have a hard time turning it off. It's so entertaining. <laughs> Jake, you're a gentleman and you're a very funny guy. And um, you're also very, very good at what you do. And I like calling you a friend. It makes me feel good. Thank you. That's so sweet of you. I, that is the highest compliment you could pay me. I think to be a gentleman is everything I try and strive for and fail at pretty much miserably daily. I have a very distinct memory of you had been on the show, I think once, or maybe you haven't even been on the show yet. And I was way downtown in New York and you were with somebody, you were waiting about to go into a restaurant and you saw me and you broke off a conversation and came over and said hello and shook my hand. And I thought, what a polite young man. Like I remember having that feeling like what a polite young fellow. You just came over and said, "Oh, I I just I just wanted to say hello to you and wish you a good night." And I was like, "Oh, thank Jake's." And then you then you 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 went on your way and 
that's just one of those little images I have in my head. I think it was down in the West Village or something. That's nice that it meant something to you. I uh, Oh, you don't remember. It wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> well, guess what? It wasn't me either. No, but no. I, I was Kate Blanchett. I fuck fuck everybody <laughs> fuck everybody else, by the way. I like you, right? Um, I just like I can't help it. I, that was I, all you had to do was say, Conan, uh, that was a big moment in my life. You didn't have to mean it. <laughs> God Something about you is just like, I just want you to know, like, I've really tried to be your friend over these years. <laughs> I, I just want to just, for the record, say, uh-huh. also, I remember being at a party mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, like, we got to hang out. Like, you know, that's what I always feel weird about, right? Like, when you go up to somebody famous right. and you're like, hey, like, I just think something about- <laughs> Right, right. Something about you makes me feel like we should be friends. But also, the other thing is, I have this thing You're where like, I, that's what crazy people do. I never right? know, but right. I never know who means it and who doesn't. So I've had some famous people say you to me- You think I'm just some beautiful woman coming on your show because I'm- No, I'm not. I just do, a beautiful woman. I do think of you as a beautiful woman. <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot, actually. That is the biggest compliment you can give me besides gentlemen. You're the most attractive woman I've seen today. <laughs> and I've seen them all. Maybe it's just me, but- I feel I feel like we could be friends. I think we can be. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, cool. I'm never going to hear from you again, am I? <laughs> no. <laughs> but at least the people listening will think I'm a gentleman. No. So that's what that's all that optics is all that matters, you're right? A, you're a you're a, you're a gentleman but a sociopath. <laughs> all right, Jake, thank you very much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I made some personal moves in 2023 I'm pretty proud of. Oh, really? Like yeah. What? Well, I sculpted my body using weights, various waxes. Uh, I won the lottery seven times. There's a lot of things I did. No, but you know what? Think back on everything you did in 2023, big or small, no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Mm, yeah. That's good. Did you finally switch careers to pursue your real passion? That's a very brave move. Maybe you quit your job to stream video games online full time. Awesome move, exclamation point. <laughs> Did you hit the books and snag the degree? That move deserves a high five. Or maybe you rode the stock market to the moon and back, a move that can sometimes make you queasy. TurboTax you experts get it. make all your moves count. Getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. Filing with 100% accuracy and getting your max refund guaranteed. Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. <laughs> See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Conor Brian Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Introducing ADT Self-Setup. Featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cam and the Nest doorbell with a battery or wired option. Your choice. Easily install the ADT self-setup security system at your convenience. You don't need heavy-duty tools. And if you do need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Self-setup from ADT grows, moves, and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. It also features Nest Cams. They can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. These things are getting so smart. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just one quick tap. Now, everyone can get trusted security from ADT installed your way with no long-term contracts. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, (laughs) you've got a home with no worries. 
Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are all trademarks of Google LLC. Okay, since this is my last uh, day here and I'm off for parental leave, I thought maybe you guys could give me some advice. You're both parents of two lovely children. I have no children. I'm a first-time father getting at it late. What do I need to know? Getting at it late? (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like your dirty late-night show that you do. Getting at it late with Matt Gourley. (laughs) Welcome to Getting at it late. (laughs) The show where we get at it late. Uh, yeah. So anyway. Oh, my God. There's another T-shirt for the merch department. Um, getting, getting at, at it, it late. late with Matt yeah. Gorley. Yeah. FCC shuts down getting at it late with Matt Gorley. <laughs> 30 seconds into the airing of the first episode. Because people were so turned off by the title. I'm just shirtless with a bow tie. Well, Sona, this oh, man. you go first. This man, this man, Matt Gorley, is going yeah. to be a father in just a few days yeah. for the first time. Um, and you've just gone through this experience. What do you have to tell him? I just, I don't know. I think the most important thing TAC does is make sure there's always food in the house. Okay. Uh, just make sure that ta- that people know Tack is your husband. Tack is my husband. You can't just say Tack and people know. Oh, right, that's a real name. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very strange name. What strange name? No, it is kind of. It is a little strange. First time you ever told me about him, you when I met this guy, I really like his name's Tack, like Tack on the board or Tic Tac Toe. That's what you said. Yeah, and I went. Well, okay, if you have to explain that name. Boy, I just realized about what my first name was. Uh, I know. Yeah, really? Yeah. And that's, oh, that, that's Tak's shortened name. His real name is Artak. Uh, Artak? Artak, yeah. Artak. Anyway. Artak. Yeah. Artak. Matt, anyway. Uh, yeah. Artak. Uh, I, do Artak. I have? I don't know. I mean, do I? I think that you just do whatever Amanda says. <laughs> okay. I'm, I mean, I'm sort of planning on that. Yeah. Uh, that just happens anyway. I know my wife just took charge and- uh, she spoke with the ferocity and uh, commanding power of Zeus. She just was like, <laughs> there was no questioning what was going to happen. So, um, and I think, I don't know, that must be evolution taking over, you know? I don't know what happened, but suddenly I, I remember feeling like, oh, I am no longer in charge and I have not been in charge since. I don't think I was in charge before mm. we had children, but yeah. certainly not afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Were you there in the d- delivery room, I'm presuming, right? Yes. And, yes. Uh, and how, how, do you have any advice for me in that sense? Uh, I had a very aggressive, we had a very uh, aggressive doctor who really believed that the husband should uh, participate fully. And, um, and, and I just thought that's what everyone did. So I very much did. I mean, I helped, I, I mean, catch my, my, uh, my daughter and cut the cord and mm. then, uh, same thing with my son. And so, but I'm not sure everybody does that. I grew up watching reruns of I Love Lucy and shows like that. And they always, they were shot in black and white and, uh, men in this situation wore baggy suits and they paced around a well-appointed dress waiting room. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then passed around, were told that there was a baby, passed around cigars and all went out to a nightclub together. <laughs> Yeah. Didn't even look at the baby. <laughs> yeah, Wait, that's I, not what's happening? That's oh, not what's no. going to happen. Oh my God. And so now we're in this world where I felt like I had done seven years after after my daughter Nev was born, uh, I, I felt like I had been through medical school. And oh, I, God. I, I really just was like, and 
I was thinking that business of me wearing a baggy linen suit and heading out to the stork club with Fred Mertz <laughs> and having highballs and everybody toasting me and then dancing the night away to a Latin band. What happened to that idea? Yeah. But no, that's not what happens. I had a C-section and Tack said the same thing. He's like, oh. I should have never looked on the other side of that sheet. And he does this thing where he like, it looks like, you know, the Demogorgon from uh, Stranger oh. Things? Oh, yeah. He, oh, I, the way he describes it makes me feel like, that's what my body looked like. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very erotic. <laughs> I don't know that she was trying to be erotic. It's just... <laughs> I'm just... I mean, I, I don't was. want to speak for you, Sona. I was oh, trying to be erotic. Who am I to know? I apologize. In fact, yeah. it's very <laughs> alluring. That's, Say it again, that's please. That's the beginning it's a very of my sensual, romance novel. It's a very sensual time when you're getting a C-section. <laughs> Who feels like some internal organs. Um, oh, that's curtain thing that you're talking about, which, you know, I, I believe is only present during a C-section and not vaginal birth. Yes. No, I had, uh, my wife did not have a C-section, but I had an old vaudevillian puppet show curtain brought in. <laughs> no. That's what I keep saying too. Yeah. Like, am I going to be backstage or in the in the audience for this? When the baby came know? out, went, wee, oh, wee, wee, the little curtain parted and I had a little <laughs> band of puppets playing. <laughs> And then I had a little hat ready uh, for my daughter just as she came out. And I went, <laughs> presenting <Neville> O'Brien. <laughs> I was arrested, by the way, for doing all that. Yeah, the, the hospital shut that shit down right good, away. Good, that's good. I do want to take a second to thank you both for this advice. Seriously, it's been so helpful. <laughs> this is, I feel like I've learned more than my three birthing classes that Amanda- I'm going to try and be sincere for a second. And I okay. think I can do this. You can do it. Uh, all right, here's what I'm going to tell you. People are going to give you all kinds of advice and they're going to try to prepare you. And I am of the belief there is no preparing anybody. It's such a profound change in your life. Everything goes from black and white to color. Everything goes from one dimension to nine dimensions. It's such a big change. Block out everybody telling you everything. Just go through this. And nothing anybody says is going to mean anything to you. Uh, but it is going to be the best thing you ever do in your life. It's it's absolutely transformative and great, and you're going to be a great dad. So I think you should just go through it. Don't listen to anybody. That's, now, if, if I can be serious for a second, that's truly the best advice <laughs> I've heard because I, I don't know how to articulate that's something I've been wanting to hear because you do get a lot of advice from people. Yeah. I, I feel like in my gut that sound right to me and I appreciate hearing that very yeah, much. Yeah, no, I'm serious. Yeah. I'm I'm absolutely serious. Uh the only thing I tell anybody and this is not something you need to know now is lots of video, lots of pictures because you will never ever think I have too much video mm. of these guys. I <laughs> you know, cuz my wife and I just still go back and I'm so grateful. We just you know, and now with you know, iPhones Mm. That's right. Maybe I'll Speaking it. of erotic. I love that. I said, I'm going to be sincere for a moment. And I'm also yeah. going to work in a plug for Apple. Also, does that, um, is that how it works? You just say iPhone and you get a free iPhone? iPhone. <laughs> iPhone, iPhone, iPhone. Nice try, Sona. <laughs> oh. I don't know what the difference is between you and me. Me neither. But anyway, Ferrari, my point is- uh, Corvette. 1911 Taft stamp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that stamp. Um, take tons of video, but I think all other advice is foolish. You will know what to do. Yeah. Until you. you don't, and then you'll figure it out. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I will miss you. It's only a month. I won't be gone long, but 
I will miss you guys. I will miss you so much. You don't even understand. <laughs> I have missed you. I'm seeing on a piece of paper here. Let me read this. I will miss you too. <laughs> yes, this was written out by somebody. Parentheses, show human emotion. I believe there's more. There's another line about a raise for show. us. Hey. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And given the fact that you're both uh, raising families now, I feel it appropriate that you be given a raise. Hey. Yeah. Thanks. And it's a raise like no one has ever seen before. Yeah. It is a raise like no one's ever seen before. It's so small that it actually puts you- <laughs> It can't be seen. No one's in a seen much it. higher tax bracket without giving you any real increase in your income. Oh, that's nice. Um, well, thank you guys. Yep. Good luck to you. Have fun. Give all our love to uh, the lovely Amanda and uh, go with grace, go with God. Uh, what? <laughs> you, I don't know, you had nothing else to say. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt like I wanted something that sounded a little bit like I was talking to an astronaut who was going into a capsule. Okay. And so that's, I, uh, go with grace, go with God is what I had. Yeah. Okay. And uh, secure your fireproof suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, this is not going well. This is a mess. <laughs> so good to be back. We're back. Goodbye. Goodbye. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Becton. Talent Booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf.